guys, I just wanted to make a comment that this episode does involve some, uh, 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 graphic imagery, I guess, and so I just wanted to let you know that, and, um, if, if you're not very good at listening to stuff like that, I would advise either being very careful when you listen to this episode or go ahead and skip, though, um, she is an assassin, Jade is an assassin, you would expect that, I would hope, but, uh, uh, yeah, anyway, so, uh, this has some graphic imagery, um, so just fair warning, uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, hey guys, I just wanted to say, um, that one of my characters in this story is not characterized to be towards anybody specific. Um, a little bit of, of a spoiler alert, one of my characters is a larger man, and, um, He's the main antagonist, and I don't want anybody to take that seriously. I don't want anybody to think, oh, yeah, this person, like, the director of this podcast totally thinks that that larger people need to be the antagonist, and that they're, they're disgusting. No, that's not what I meant. I, they don't think they're disgusting. I don't think they're bad people, because, I mean... <laughs> too much personal information. Anyway, <laughs> I don't think they're bad people. That's just kind of what I envisioned my main antagonist to look like, is basically this ugly looking frogman. And frogmen are, uh, in my brain, very ugly because they are essentially just like a giant frog, I guess, that has human hair on it on its head. Ugh, just disgusting. Okay? It's not- it's meant to be more like a disgusting frog and not like a disgusting person. Does that make sense? So, um, please do not- well, I hope you don't, I guess. I hope you do not take offense to this character and thank you for, um, having patience with me. <laughs> um, enjoy this episode of Code Reaper. Chapter 4. Black Magic Mage. Flora was just messing around. She just wanted to lighten the mood. But as she rides her unicorn, a large hand grabs her arm and pulls her upward. She is hoisted into a tree. Before she can react, a mesh bag is thrown over her head, and she is hoisted over the thing's shoulder. Her heart drops to her feet at the realization of what's happening. She's being kidnapped. She screams wildly and kicks her legs. She can hear her unicorn angrily whinnying up toward her and pawing at the tree. However, the effort helps nothing. The thing holding on to her makes a screeching sound, one that sounds like an animal cry and a human scream, before carrying her off. Jade, Jade, help! I'm sorry, I ran off. Just tell me, please. She cries. The movements of her captor are confusing, and she has no idea where they are going. The creature reeks of sulfur, something that Flora barely recognizes. Eventually, her captor stops moving, and the bag is removed from her head. She is dropped rather rudely, and he lifts her to her knees. A hand rests on her shoulder, implying her not to raise any further, but Flora isn't paying any attention. Her eyes are focused at a very large, grotesquely obese man. His eyes are on the sides of his head, and his skin is green, slimy, and covered in welts. 
call you Wagam? Flora whispers. A race of people who look similar to frogs or other amphibians. This man clearly seems to have the form of a frog. Ah, yes, princess. Very good to see you. Unfortunately, this means that your dreaded jade assassin can't be far behind. The man croaks. He snaps his fingers, and a cloud of black smoke appears next to him. He swipes his webbed fingers up, down, and to the right. The cloud disappears, replaced by a large figure. It is completely black, and its edges are blurred by smoke. A centaur, summoned by the polywagum, stands next to the throne on which he sits. You, Centaur, will take the princess to my finest room. She will be my leverage against the Jade Assassin. The Polywagum laughs. It's a slow, guttural laugh, one that shakes Flora to the core. The Centaur walks up to the princess. It reeks of sulfur, similar to her captor. She turns to look behind her and lets out a scream. A wendigo towers over her. His bony structure leans in, and a large skull with antlers protruding from the top cracks as it smiles in a menacing way. Her scream echoes through the throne room and is followed by the polywagum's ominous laughter. You will be a fine addition to my merchandise, Princess Flora. He proclaims. Flora's eyes turn to the throne. Merchandise? What does he mean by merchandise? The Wendigo leans down and picks up the princess. He does not react to her kicking and other struggles against him. He drapes her over the back of the centaur to prevent her from dismounting. The two creatures nod to one another, and the centaur trots off. Flora screams profanity and kicks her legs against the black creature as it carries her out of the room. What's going on here? What did the Polywagum mean by merchandise? Jade leans far forward into the hell horse's neck as to reduce drag on the horse. He pants hard, but he does not slow down as he keeps up with Ark. Sharp turns around trees make it hard to go fast, but Ark's tail wags faster and faster, meaning they're getting closer. We're almost there, Flora. Just hold on. Jade thinks. Ark makes an almost barking sound, and the horse quickly stops in its tracks. They stand at the edge of a huge clearing. The entire area reeks of sulfur, but it seems like there is nothing there. Jade dismounts and stalks the entire clearing. Something is up here, but what? As if on cue, the hissing of a ship hatch opening catches Jade's attention. In the middle of the clearing, a hatch opens, revealing the mechanical insides of a ship. An invisibility shield? Jade's eyebrows furrow and her teeth grind together. Invisibility shields are only granted to specific people, the Grand Master's champions. It seems another champion is on this planet, but doing what? A black, snake-like figure descends from the ship. The Hell Horse quickly draws away, as does Ark. He whimpers in fear, tucking his tail under his body. A Gorgon. Looking at them in the eyes could turn one into stone. This is the power of magic, summoning evil creatures to come to your command. Jade pulls her hood over her head and eyes, then sprints out toward the Gorgon. The hissing of her snake-like hair alerts Jade of her whereabouts. She grabs the knives on her thighs and throws them effortlessly. The Gorgon screams, and Jade removes her hood. The Gorgon's eyes have been replaced with her daggers. 
She sprints to the gorgon and clasps a hand over her mouth. Jade drags the thing backwards into the brush. She drops the gorgon before sitting over it to prevent its escape. She holds out her hand, summoning her reaper. As soon as it materializes, she presses the blade against the gorgon. It cries out at the touch of the reaper. Its skin steams at the touch of the black metal against its skin. Hush, hush now. You are going to tell me everything going on here. Jade grasps the gorgon's face by the mouth to shut it up. It gasps in surprise. You're so rough with me. The gorgon muses. Jade lunges her sword into the gorgon's arm, causing a muffled scream. Your seducing will not work on me, Snake. Or have you forgotten who you're dealing with? Jade hisses. Please forgive me, Reaper Wielder. I am unworthy of speaking to you in such a manner. I beg forgiveness. Jade pulls the blade out of her arm with a sneer. That's better. Now tell me everything. Jade presses the blade to the gorgon's neck. Yes, yes, I, I shall. Please do not hurt me. I will tell you everything. Jade leans back, letting the gorgon go. She can feel it prepare to slither away from under her. She hoists the rimoon over her shoulder, and it falls behind her, impaling the gorgon's snake tail, pinning it to the ground. It screams again as Jade stands up, crossing her arms in front of her. I'm waiting. Jade hisses, lifting her foot to rest on the hilt of the Rymoon. The Gorgon hisses at her, but stops struggling. My master Olyphus is kidnapping the elves who wield the healing power of the Tree of Life. He's selling them to different pirates or anyone who knows about his business. Jade's upset look deepens. Olyphus? As in Grandmaster Timoner's champion? Yes, that Olyphus. The Gorgon sobs. Jade closes her eyes in frustration. Thank you, Gorgon. You've been extremely helpful. I will be showing Olyphus who is boss for the second time. The Gorgon's face lights up, but Jade quickly grabs the sword, pulls it out of the ground, and impales the Gorgon in the chest with it. It cries out and quickly begins to dissolve into a thick black smoke. Jade doesn't relent until it has all disappeared. Jade growls to herself. I knew I should have killed Olyphus the first time. She releases the sword's hilt, and it disappears into a cloud of black smoke once again. She looks to the hellhorse and Ark. You two, stay here. I'll be back with the princess. If they get here, don't let them advance until I come back. Ark coos in affirmation to the order, and Jade picks up her blades from the ground. She wipes the black blood of the gorgon in the grass before sheathing them. She pulls her hood over her head and once again sprints to the still open hatch of the ship. Hey guys, uh, director of the podcast here. I just want to say thank you for um, listening to this episode. Hopefully we'll see you in the next one. Uh, if you'd like to show more support for our podcast, we do have an Instagram. It's code underscore reaper underscore podcast, where you can get more insight on the podcast and maybe even find some art and cool stuff like that. Um, hopefully you have, you know, 
Fallout or however it works on the app that you're using. And uh, have a great day. <laughs> and always remember, we march for our friends, we stay till the end. For those whom we love, we protect all above. As we push even deeper, we march for Code Reaper. I'm Jade Silverton, and I'm signing out.